Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This is what I remember from our first day in Disney World when the kids were little. While we're eating breakfast, Goofy stops by our table. The girls go wild. We stand in line forever listening to It's a Small World After All over and over and over. It occurs to me that we have died and gone to hell. We run into Snow White outside the Magic Castle. Our youngest is ecstatic. The muggy Florida heat is completely enervating. Thunder Mountain has an unexpected roller coaster drop at the end. We all scream our heads off. We get into another very, very long line to ride it again. People are walking around chewing on giant, wildly expensive turkey legs looking like modern-day Flintstones. We buy Mickey and Minnie ears for the girls and Tigger and Eeyore ears for us. The photos are adorable. If you averaged out the day's experiences, the highs with the lows, it might come out something like a six, but ask any one of us, and we'd say it was a great day, a 10 out of a 10. So researchers tell us that's because of two things. First, we remember the highest and lowest points. And second, we remember how it begins and how it ends. The conclusion is that when we attend to making moments that matter in our lives and in the lives of those with whom we work and play, we will all be more generative and happier, which, especially in these difficult times, can make all the difference. In their book, The Power of Moments, Chip and Dan Heath tell the story of the Magic Castle Hotel, a three-star hotel with an almost five-star rating, triumphing over Ritz-Carlton and the Four Seasons of Beverly Hills, the Magic Castle is the one of the three top-rated hotels in LA. But the Magic Castle looks like what it is, a converted two-story apartment complex built in the 1950s, painted Tweety Bird yellow, a typical budget motel. The rooms are dated, the pool is small, and it's not even particularly cheap. It's priced more like a Hilton or a Marriott. Here's the secret. Mounted on the wall next to that small pool, there's a bright red phone. 
You pick it up and someone answers, get ready for it. Hello, popsicle hotline. You place your order for a cherry, orange, or grape popsicle, and minutes later, a staff member wearing white gloves delivers your popsicle of choice to you, poolside, on a silver tray, no charge. You can also order from a board game menu and a DVD menu. They're all delivered for free. At breakfast, there's a magician who's performing magic tricks, no charge. You can drop off unlimited loads of laundry, which are washed, dried, folded, and returned to your room later in the day, wrapped in butcher paper and tied up with twine and a sprig of lavender. This service is free. What the Magic Castle has figured out is that customers will forgive underwhelming rooms and an undersized swimming pool as long as there are magical, memorable moments. How was your vacation to LA? Oh, it was great. We went to Universal Studios, rode the Ferris wheel on the Santa Monica Pier, took the home tour, saw the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and we stayed at this hotel, the Magic Castle, and you won't believe this, but there's a phone by the pool. We, too, can make these moments, literally dream them up and create them. We could engage this moment-making as spiritual practice, the spiritual practice of adding sparkle, by my lights, even a really good status quo could use some sparkle. The lobby of the Magic Castle has been described as vaguely reminiscent of an auto service shop waiting area. General Manager Darren Ross is up against a lot that's just not sparkly. So he's always upping the ante, going for jaw-dropping moments, moments in which sensory pleasure is elevated, popsicles delivered poolside, white gloves, silver tray, and adding an element of surprise helps. Take a page from the Disney playbook, Snow White appearing out of nowhere, or the unexpected roller coaster drop on that amusement park ride. Transitions are a natural time to attend to making moments. I had never thought about this, but it makes so much sense. We pay a lot of attention to transitions, such as weddings. But what about putting even a small amount of that creativity toward thinking about other milestones? On my first day of college, I met the people who were to become my closest friends there. After each of us set up our half of ugly rooms, picture linoleum floors and cinder block walls, we ventured out to the patio of the student center for the first party of the fall. There was no band, and I don't remember any music, although there may have been something playing on a crummy sound system. There was no dancing. Everyone was just milling around. I left my friends for a moment to find something to drink. The only thing being served was beer. I was underage. As I walked back um, empty-handed, a boy approached me and asked if I liked ice cream. I said I did. And then he asked me something really crude. I hightailed it and made my way back to my new friends, but not before he'd found two of the other women 
we all returned to our dorm together and shunned him for the next four years. I do love my school. I love my school, but it could have begun more auspiciously. What would it have taken? Start with some older students greeting cars at the drop-off place, welcoming the new students and helping them carry their stuff up to their rooms. And go from there. It's not rocket science. We're missing a fabulous opportunity when we don't pay attention to transitions, to beginnings or endings. When we're not meeting virtually, the close of every in-person gathering of the Arlington Street Meditation Center, everyone pitches in to put away the cushions and chairs. But Queen Cheryl always insists that new members not help at all. Their job is to talk with Reverend Bethremay. No matter how they feel about their evening of meditation, Queen Cheryl makes them feel special, inviting them to enjoy some one-on-one -on -one time and our undivided attention. The spiritual practice of moment spotting, adding sparkle, can be counterintuitive. In workplaces, for example, write the Heaths, we are consumed with goals. Time is meaningful only insofar as it clarifies or measures our goals. The goal is the thing. But for individual human beings, moments are the thing. Moments are what we remember and what we cherish. Certainly, we might celebrate achieving a goal, but the achievement is embedded in a moment. We need to practice attending to moments, to recognizing where the prose of life needs punctuation. Beginnings, endings, high points and low points. The Heaths contend that with proper attention, some low points can be turned around. A study of service encounters in restaurants, on airlines, and in hotels revealed that almost a quarter of the positive encounters customers cited were actually employees' exceptional responses to service failures. What could have been memorably bad was suddenly great. In the summer before our youngest kids were young and two years old, I arrived at the Albuquerque airport and was issued three boarding passes to Boston, but the seats were scattered throughout the plane. And for a moment, I imagined a flight without toddlers crawling all over me. It seemed best, though, to alert the gate agent of the ages of my traveling companions. Studying our reservation, she was able to see that the mistake was theirs and not mine. Nevertheless, she said, they couldn't accommodate us on that flight. Even if you've never had to get to the airport with small children, you can imagine that this was not an acceptable response. Actually, I was just too tired to move. I stood there and asked her very nicely, to come to a different conclusion. Another gate agent came to the rescue. Oh, look, she said, we have three seats together in first class. Would that be all right? 10,000 blessings on the purser 
who walked baby Jesse up and down the aisle on that, and on that lovely flight attendant who read The Very Hungry Caterpillar to Jamie over and over and over. The memory of that flight remains one of my all-time favorites. An executive from a, a company that builds custom houses mined his customer satisfaction data and concluded that you don't want to be perfect. To maximize customer satisfaction, you want to get two or three things wrong, have the customer bring these mistakes to your attention, and then scramble like mad to fix them. Competence and dependability meet customer expectations. To go above and beyond, to distinguish yourself with a moment, you need an element of pleasant surprise. My favorite story of flipping a low to a high, just add sparkle, is from Doug Dietz. He's an industrial designer for General Electric. In the fall of 2007, after two years of working on a new MRI machine, he had his first chance to see one installed. He felt, he said, like a proud papa going to see his baby. In the TED Talk Dead Dietz gave in 2012, he describes seeing the machine and doing a happy dance. And then he waited for his first customer. A young couple and their little girl approached. The dad leaned down and said to her, we've talked about this. You can be brave. As soon as the child entered the room, she froze, terrified. And in that moment, Doug Dietz saw what she was seeing. The on the wall was this giant warning sign with an exclamation point. On the floor, there was yellow and black crime scene tape. The room was dim, the fluorescent lights flickered, and everything was a shade of beige. And the machine itself, he says, the machine that I designed looked like a brick with a hole in it. Everything, of course, was only about to get worse. The child would be slid inside and would have to lie there motionless for 30 minutes while the machine thrummed and clanged. Doug Dietz saw the parents exchange a look that just crushed him. His pride cratered. It just broke my heart, he said. He and his colleagues had been focused on faster and more powerful. His patients were focused on the experience. Massive fail. 80% of children undergoing MRIs had to be sedated to make it through. And so Doug Dietz reframed his mission. He was determined to make the experience of an MRI a moment and a good one. He convened a team of leaders from a children's museum, teachers at a daycare center, pediatric health care providers. What is three kitchen chairs and a blanket, he asked. To a kid, it's a castle. It's a spaceship. It's an adventure. One of the first pediatric MRI rooms Doug Dietz designed was for the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. It was called the Jungle Adventure. On the floor of the hallway outside, there were stickers that looked like rocks. The kids instinctively hopped from one to the next. The walls of the MRI room were painted brightly colored jungle scenes. 
On the floor, there was a pretend pond full of fish, and the table looked like a canoe. It lowered for the kids to climb in, and the kids were urged to hold on so it wouldn't tip over. Sometime later, Doug Dietz was speaking with the mother of a girl who just had a scan. The little girl tugged on her mom's hand. Can we come back tomorrow? Tears came to Doug Dietz's eyes. Terror had given way to delight. And the sedation rate had dropped from 80% to 27%. For the shorter CT scan, it dropped to 3%. Doug Dietz had created a moment. Hello, Popsicle Hotline. Now it's our turn. Years from now, we will remember how it began, the lowest points and the highest points, and how it ended. It will end. And when it ends, what will be said of how we met this moment, how we met its perils and opportunities? This is a spiritual practice. Beloved spiritual companions, let us attend to the making of moments. Think transitions. Elevate sensory pleasure. Add an element of surprise. Up the ante. Flip low to high. Add sparkle. Now, more than ever, Every single day, you amaze me. You amaze me with your willingness and creativity and exuberance. We stand far apart, and we have never been so close. I love you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.